Thank you for listening to the Resources for Integrated Care podcast series, Locating and Engaging Hard-to-Reach Members During COVID-19, a panel discussion. This podcast is excerpted from a webinar presented live on December 14, 2021. In this podcast, Lauren Easton, the Vice President for Integrative Program Development and Clinical Innovation at Commonwealth Care Alliance, or CCA, discusses CCA's approach to locating and engaging hard-to-reach members. I have been fortunate to work for Commonwealth Care Alliance for about 18 years now. A little bit about Commonwealth Care Alliance. We are an integrated care system serving members who are dual eligible for Medicaid and Medicare that are truly the most vulnerable members across the state of Massachusetts. We, we are in a unique position as both a payer and provider, and our roots started as a provider in primary care. We have four primary care sites across the state of Massachusetts. We had two crisis stabilization units serving 26 beds. And we have a unique model of what used to be called our CCA complex transitional care, but now our hospital to home program, which I'll talk a little bit about later in in the presentation. A little bit about our plan demographics. As I mentioned, we really do serve the most vulnerable populations across the state of Massachusetts. We currently have two products in the state of Massachusetts. We have a senior care options product serving members that are 65 and older who are dually eligible. And we have a one care product, which are serving duly eligible members under the age of 65. As you can see, over 74% of our folks have a behavioral health disability or physical disability. 70% of our folks in the one care have a severe FPMI, a severe mental illness, and 30% documented have a substance use disorder. We do think that's a higher number, however, this is documented. In our senior care option program, about 60% of our folks have a physical or behavioral health disability, and many of these are nursing homes certifiable but are living in the community getting services through our model of care. So a little bit about our model of care, again, being in a unique position as both a payer and provider, all of our members have access to a community-based interprofessional team that consists of APCs, PAs, behavioral health clinicians, health outreach workers that are similar to community health workers, and OT and PT. But not only do they have access to a clinical team in the community, we really have a coordinated effort to collaborate with all services along the continuum of care, so including primary care, inpatient services, outpatient services, emergency departments. Our hospital-to-home program is we have co-located doctors and health outreach workers directly in the emergency department, partnering with physicians in the emergency department. In addition, every single member has a care partner. So when they enroll with us, they are assigned a care partner and have access to that care partner on a daily basis. As I mentioned a little bit about our, our model, we really try to meet our members where they're at. Much of our work is done in the community. So we may see people in their homes, we may see people in shelters at their day program, we may see people who are, are homeless or marginally housed at a Dunkin' Donuts or even under a bridge. We have, again, as I mentioned, seamless integration of care and coordination through our care partnership. We are consistently collaborating with, again, transitions of care, human service providers, community-based organizations, 
to ensure that our members have a seamless continuity of care. We really focus on trusting relationships. Many of our members have had difficulty getting access to care in systems or have a lot of gaps in care in the systems and have a distrust of the services that they often don't have access to. So we really focus on that individualized long-term relationship and building trust with our members. Ultimately, through this, our clinical models, our facilities, and our collaboration with community partners, we're, we really see a decrease in overall utilization and member satisfaction and better outcomes. So in terms of our health risk assessment, every single member that enrolls with us has a face-to-face -face assessment in 90 days. However, through the pandemic and due to COVID, some of these assessments are now done over the phone, and these are done by a registered nurse. The assessment really helps drive the care plan. In the care plan, we focus on an individualized care plan driven by our members. But the initial assessment, which is inclusive of medical assessment, a social determinant assessment, as well as a behavioral assessment, really drives that care plan and gives us an understanding of the resources that are necessary for each member. As I mentioned, we have a hospital-to-home program. So when our members are utilizing the emergency department, we are notified and our doctors partner with doctors at the emergency department to make a shared decision as to the best level of care placement, whether that is inpatient or if they are able to transition back into the community with intensive clinical service, we are able to offer that through our interprofessional teams. In addition, our health outreach workers are there to support the doctors in doing an SDOH assessment to determine levels of resources that are necessary in the community as well. So some of the challenges that we occurred, again, many of our members are very challenging to locate and have difficulty building relationships. As I mentioned, they have had a distrust of the system and, and often can be stigmatized when seeking services. So it's really important for us to be able to build those longitudinal relationships. And it was challenging to think about how we were going to do this when we weren't able to see people in person initially. Many of our members are changing addresses, phone numbers. We don't have accurate demographic information. So we really have to work to locate them when they're going to the pharmacy or transportation to figure out what their address is, phone number is. In addition, many of our members have Department of Mental Health Services coming in or a personal care attendant coming in or VNA services coming in. So they've got a lot of people coming into their homes and sometimes it's difficult to be thinking about one more person involved in their care. Also, our members have often are seeking, because of their barriers to care, they're seeking their care through the emergency department instead of their primary care providers or human service providers. So if they're going all over the state, various hospitals, we only have access to immediate notification at four hospitals in the state of Massachusetts. It can be difficult to track these members and engage them on a consistent basis. Thank you for listening. This podcast is presented by the Lewin Group and is supported through the Medicare-Medicaid Coordination Office at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. MMCO is dedicated to helping beneficiaries enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid have access to seamless, high-quality health care that includes the full range of covered services in both programs. To support providers in their efforts to deliver more integrated, coordinated care, MMCO is developing technical assistance and actionable tools based on successful innovations and care models. To learn more about current efforts and resources, please visit our website or follow us on Twitter for more details. Our Twitter handle is at integrate underscore care. 
You can also find resources for integrated care on LinkedIn to stay up to date with our recent products and technical assistance.